Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Well, Allie and I are really super glad to be with you guys today, and um, we love books. I don't know about you, but uh, Allie and I both love to read, and uh, it's summertime. And so many of you, we think, are like us, and maybe summertime is a great opportunity for you to catch a little bit of vacation here or there, and you grab a book and toss it into your beach bag or toss it into your bag, or maybe you just find summertime leans you into reading a little bit more. I don't, I'm not really sure. Allie, do you read more books in the summer than you do any other time of the year, or, or not really? Actually, no. For me, the summertime is really busy. Um, okay. We have groups and visitors coming, and okay. so it's more like Christmas. Okay. Or, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I don't like to read serious books on the beach, and so I, you wouldn't want my beach summertime reading list <laughs> because it would be so juvenile. Okay. Um, but if you wanted to know my fall or, oh, what does Allie do when she's cozy on the couch, you know, on a rainy day or, yeah. you know, that's, those are the serious books that I take them okay. more seriously. So, um, so this okay. is a fall winter reading list. Okay. There we go. And this is, uh, these are, these are, we're just going to share with you guys today, some books that we love, some books that we've read. Um, I, I've got one book, at least I know I almost reread every, every year or every other year, just trying to continue to put the thoughts in my mind. Um, and I, so it's, I'm excited about today and, uh, we're excited about maybe giving you some, uh, ideas on maybe some books that you haven't read. So Allie, why don't you kick us off and talk to us a little bit about one of the books that you're going to recommend and tell us, this, tell us why. Um, my, my first book that I wanted to recommend is a book that, uh, the author is so well known and, and everybody talks about specific books of, of hers and it's Elizabeth Elliot and we all, uh, Love her book, *In the Shadow of the Almighty*, and and um, and other books that she's written. And Reba and I were actually able to visit um, the spot where she uh, worked and lived, and, yes. and uh, in Ecuador. And so that was an exciting trip. But one of her lesser-known books is called *These Strange Ashes*. And my husband and I had just um, had just surrendered to uh, mission work, and we were headed down to the Dominican Republic. And I found this book, These Strange Ashes, and he was in seminary. And I remember sitting in the library, curled up, as I was waiting for him to finish a class or whatever. And I, I curled up in this big chair in the corner of the library. And I read this book. And I remember pausing and just breathing over, mm. you know, because this book was so impactful. What this book is actually, she wrote it about her experiences before she married Jim Elliott. Okay. Um, they were, he was a, they knew each other and I think they were in a courtship type situation um, back in the day or maybe possibly engaged. Um, but he was building a, a runway somewhere in Ecuador and she was completely other side of the jungle working okay. with some, uh, some translation work that she was doing. And there, she mentions him a few times just in general, but it's really all about her, her experiences in the jungle as she's working on translations mm. and her just very, some of the, some of the experiences are actually quite um, just, it's jungle life. Uh, but okay. she talks about, I remember this one, uh, this one chapter, she's actually talking about how she and the girls that she was living with doing translation work 
they would get up and they had to, they would take hours ironing their clothes. And I was like, well, you live in the jungle. Why are you ironing your clothes? I don't, you know, but right. back in, it's the fifties, I guess. And that was yeah. just important <laughs> to them. Um, but just the, the struggle, even the struggle making a, a cup of tea or the struggle with parasites or bugs, or it was just, sure. it's continually, but all the time she's working on this translation work and she lived there mm. for about a year. And, um, and at the same time, she mentions Jim is on the other side of the jungle building a runway um, for planes to get in. And we know that that was their, uh, that was his, his goal um, right. in the future. Sure. And then, and, and she's all talking about just a lot of struggle and a lot of, um, a lot of hard work and a lot of tears. And, and then at the end, you know, toward the end of the book, you start, it's time for her to leave. She packs up all of her year long worth of translation materials. She's, she's, um, she's crossing the river. And her, all of her translation, years worth of translation, it, the boat flips and it sunk, sinks to the bottom of the river. Oh my word. And then um, the same, at the same time, um, a, a rain, a, a rainstorm or whatever happens in the jungle washes the run, washes Jim Elliott's runway just out of, just out of existence. It's obsolete. And oh. so everything that she, they've worked for for a year in this absence um, this absence of these two people and all of the, the, the struggle and the, and then all of a sudden at the end of the year, there's literally nothing to show for it. And, uh, and the book is all about, and so you think, man, that is just this horrible story. Why are you telling me this? But the book is amazing because okay. it's all about it's. And, and I think in this life right now, and it's so timely right now when Christians and Christian women are so results oriented and so, um, and so just driven by, you know, okay, this is what it looks like. This is what I got done. This is what I was sure. able to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And the Lord just says, what you accomplished is at the bottom of the river, because I'm not here for your results. I'm here right. for this journey all the way through. And so that's, you know, hence the title, these strange ashes, she's literally picking up a pile of just rubble. Actually, no, it's that it wasn't the runway was the, it, the tower. It was a runway tower that burned down. Okay. Um, for, for Jim. And so her root work is at the bottom of the river and his work has literally just went up in flames. Um, and, and they're looking at these strange ashes going, so what was the point of this whole year's worth mm -hmm. of work? But at the same time, just thinking of the, the work that God has been doing in their lives and, and the results is not so much the, the work that they did that the, 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 runway tower or her uh translation work it was the work that god was doing in their hearts mm -hmm. the just the obedience what do i what do i have to show for it well it's just that i obeyed you and i'm just going to hand this back to you and you right. do with it what you want and um and i remember thinking and that that really helped me kind of shape as i'm early on in the ministry it's not whether somebody somebody gets saved at the end of the day or whether I can, I can, I have a million people in our church at the end of the day or whether I've done this, have I obeyed? And at the end of the day, whether it's ashes or whether it's a, it's a tower, it's whatever I've obeyed. And I just, I love that book too, as I'm, I was just beginning our ministry and, um, and it is just so deeply personal. Um, there's so much uh, to this book and it's just, I love stories. And even my next book that I want to talk about is just a lot of stories because that's what we do as women is kind of talk through, you know, we tell stories, which is right. what I just did. 
But, um, and I, I think that's why that book was just such a, uh, and it's interesting because all of her other books are more devotional, but I feel like this was just really, a lot of it was journal entries or just a journal sure. of, of, this, of this struggle. And so then you're the sitting end, in the library, you're reading this, this thing. I mean, what, what about these, and you said you're at the beginning of, yeah. your, of your journey as a missionary yourself. So, I mean, what about those truths just really resonated with you at such an early part of your ministry? Because it wasn't like you had seen a lot of stuff go wasted yet or mm -hmm. things no. you poured into, you know, not work out. But so what was it that really struck you at that point? I was reading it at the beginning and listen, and reading some of her, some of her descriptions. And I was like, could I do this? Could I even live like that? And God wow. had not, was not causing us to, to live. God was not calling us to live in a jungle. But right. at the same time, I was like, okay. And it was almost like stealing me for the, for, for the journey. It's going to be hard. Um, and I was almost, it was, it was inspiring because it was just based on, hey, it's my relationship with God. Because I think a lot of times missionaries at that moment, at their, at their beginning of their ministry, they have this huge vision of what they want to accomplish. So true, yes. And and then I, it almost like took the pressure off because I was like, mm. I don't, I don't have to accomplish anything. My obedience is my accomplishment. If you want to say it that way, uh, it's just, I love that. And so I didn't have to. I, I, it kind of took the took the burden off my shoulders, saying whatever I end up with at the end of this journey, whether it's a year long like it was for Elizabeth Elliot or like me right now, it's been seventeen years. Um, is what do I have to show for it is, is just obedience. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm not going to take all this, you know, all these results to him because that's up to him. And I, and I think so early in the ministry, that was really a lot of pressure off, um, but it was also inspiring at the same time. So that was, it was a, a book that I've gone back to. Oh yeah. Um, so. I want to read that now because I haven't read it, but I just think that's such a great thought because I do think you're right. I think a lot of, uh, of us as women, and a lot of people as believers mm -hmm. um, who, you know, we follow hard after Christ and we're always looking for that result. What does the result look like? And and sometimes our perspective can get quickly twisted into the wrong uh, wrong category of results. It's not numbers or or accolades, but it's actually what does how is how are we glorifying god with our lives and we can glorify god even even when it doesn't look like from the outside perspective that there's been a lot accomplished right and i yeah. think um early on i was i was worried about am i doing this right am i um <laughs> Yeah, I don't I look that. like this other, I don't look like this other missionary. She's getting it done or right. she yeah. looks good doing it. Or I, sure. you know, and I wasn't, you know, right. and I think, and so I think that's why even those simple stories about what it looked like to iron your clothes, you know, sure. with in, in the jungle. And I'm like, I don't, I can't, because just now I, I literally walked from my living room to my kitchen and it's so hot down here in the Dominican that I'm just, I'm, I'm all, I'm already sweaty and it's hot. It's gross. And, and I'm like, yeah. I, you know, but you, I think people struggle with comparison that comparing my ministry to your ministry, comparing my results to your results. Mm -hmm. Um, but at this, at the end, if she, if, if it was just based on results, she would literally have nothing to show for that year of, of struggle and, and learning. And, but God says differently because it's not, mm -hmm. it's, it's in his, his relationship with her and, and his, um, just her obedience. To him. Oh, absolutely. And of course we know that Elizabeth Elliot's life lived much, much longer, uh, right. than, than her husband's. But man, even if we just look at her husband's life, he had such a short lived life and yet it such had such powerful impact. 
So we just never know what God can do with the little and what he does with the, the small things. And so, man, that, that's great. I love that book and I love that, that concept and that idea. So give us the title again, Allie. It's by Elizabeth Elliott. And what's it's the title? These Strange Ashes. And the subtitle is, Is God Still in Charge? And it's not available on Kindle. It is, it's just in paperback. And okay. I, I actually like that better anyway, but I, I okay. lent it to somebody and I never got it back. So um, okay. if you're out there listening, you have my book. Yeah. You have my, yeah, you have Alex's book. Please return immediately. Enjoy, yes. you know, but yeah, it, These Strange Ashes is God Still in Charge by Elizabeth Perfect. Elliot. Oh, I love that. And so, uh, man, try to maybe find a copy of that book. I know some of these great books are not even uh, being reprinted anymore. So you kind of have to dig a little to find a copy, but, um, but get you a copy of that because that sounds like, uh, oh man, it's going to fit perfect for some people. Um, my book that I, uh, that I, I want to first start off with is called The Holy Wild. And I tease a lot of times by saying I've always wanted to be wild, but I wanted to be holy too. So I thought <laughs> this would be the perfect combination. Perfect, yeah. Perfect hey, this is going to work for me. But actually, um, it's by Mark Buchanan, and it is on trusting in the character of God. Hmm. And I've read a lot of books on the names of God, the attributes of God, the character character of God, who God is. But I don't know that I've read too many books that really take it out of just a lot of academic knowledge and really bring it into the practical in such a way. Um, he starts the book off with a powerful story um, that I won't, I won't give it away because, um, because you, you'll want to read it and I don't want to, I don't want to give this story away, but it's such a powerful story at the beginning of the book. And it makes such a, it's one of those stories that as you're reading the book through, it's a constant reminder through the book. And it's such a, it's such a, oh my word, that's so true kind of aha moment. So not many people, I don't think, start their books off with such an aha moment, but I think this was, and it was such a simple and a great way to start talking about who God is and how we relate to that God. And I think for many people, uh, there's a lot of misunderstandings about who God is. And obviously at some level, we can only know God in our humanness to us to a certain degree and right. we don't have the brain power to go beyond uh that human level of understanding of who he is and yet at the same time many of us don't haven't even tapped out the human level to try to know him more we're we're just you know sometimes content to say well he's god and whatever that means um but one of the things that i thought that was so powerful about this book was that he talks a lot about resting in the character of God, not just who God is, but the fact that because of who he is, we rest in who he is. And I'm not, in my own personality, I'm not a person who does a whole lot of resting. Um, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I'm always, it's not that I don't ever relax or rest. I do, and I do more now than I did when I first read this book, honestly, because this book had a, a real huge moment for me in one chapter, but um, it was one of those things where I was maybe similar to what you were talking about. When I got a hold of this book for the very first time, I was so busy. I was working a full-time job Monday through Thursday here in Chattanooga. Every Friday, I would leave to go start. I was just starting Dare for More Ministries. Every Friday and Saturday, I was off somewhere speaking, sometimes on Sunday, but if I wasn't somewhere speaking on Sunday, I was back in my church doing women's ministry and other things on Sunday. So I was going seven days a week, going as hard as I could. And I really thought I was doing the right thing. Right. 
I really yeah. thought, man, I could not be working any harder. And that was true. Mm -hmm. um, but that wasn't something that I was should be clapping for. That was something <laughs> that I, you know, that I was burning myself out very quickly and my fuse was dwindling and I don't think I really realized it. Right. And um, and I think some of it linked back for me, at least personally, to um, some misunderstandings about the character of God. Now, obviously, we know anytime you start something new, it's hard. And right. so it takes a lot of effort and a lot of work. So those are those are natural things. Uh, but man, I was just, I was just in way deep and I realized it. And this book really taught me what it looks like to, to realize I am not God. It is not my job to do his job. And there are so much of so many things I do every single day in my own personal life, as well as ministry that are, that are outside of my, they're way out of my league. And, um, God has to do those things. And so I have to come to a point in myself, Reba has to realize that she has to rest in God in those things. And what do I rest in? It's not just, oh, I rest in God, but I truly rest in the character of God and who he is. And man, this book was just so powerful um, because he talks about how resting and trusting are almost synonymous words when it comes to yeah. talking about God. And he talks about the fact that, um, it really comes to a point where we ask ourselves these really hard questions. Do I trust this characteristic of God? Do I trust this piece of God's nature? Can I trust this part about God? And obviously in our heads, we want to say, well, of course we do, because yes. that's the really spiritual answer. But the truth is that a lot of times we don't. And we can prove to ourselves that we don't by looking at our lives and realizing that we never lay those things down and allow God just to do his job. Right. We're always taking it from him again. We're always grabbing it. We're always picking it up. We're always leery to lay it down, terrified of what God or might we're do. We're trying to peek it. over his shoulder and make sure he's doing it right. And right. Yeah. You know, and scared he's going to do. And I think in the end of the, I think sometimes for me, it was this way at times. And I know talking with women through the years, a lot of women are this way. It's, it's the fear that he's not going to do it the way I want him to. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that comes back to a deeper level of trust with God. What if God doesn't do it the way you want him to? Do you trust that his way is better than yours? Right. And so it's just resting in all of this. Um, and um, he talks about in here that he just thinks that what changes, God never changes. Um, and that's true. Um, God doesn't change. It's us that changes. Right. And, and so as he walks through the book, he just moves through different areas of our lives and, and relates those to different characteristics of who God is. And over and over again, we're just reminded, am I resting in the character of God in this area of my life or in this characteristic of God that we're talking about in this particular area? And it's challenging in some ways, um, but it's also, it's a sweet spot. And that's why I recommend it. It's not one of those, but it's easy read, easy read. Okay, so yeah. it's not a thick book. It's not a thousand pages, you know, um, but it's a shorter book, but it's also an easy, super read. Mark Buchanan is an amazing writer. He just, oh, I, when I grow up, I want to write like Mark Buchanan. Uh, you know, it's just like one of those things. He's just such a great guy to read after. And um, and his writing skills are super. So it's a enjoyable book to read. You get lost in the pages. The storytelling is amazing. 
but every time you take a step, it's like, oh my word, wait a minute. Am I, am I resting in that characteristic? Right. And for me, uh, the first time I read it through, I found half the book I was failing in. And I oh, was yeah. like, oh my <laughs> word, you know, I'm not resting here and I'm not resting here and I'm not resting here and I'm not resting here. And that's one of the reasons I read it again and again and again and again, because I'm hopefully I'm growing in these areas of my life. And it's like a self-check. It is for me. So that's yeah. true. It's, it's hopefully I'm growing and hopefully I'm not going back in and going back to old habits and old ways and old ways of thinking. And so it's constantly, it's great. It's a super checkup for me to say, okay, Reba, are you truly resting in the character of God in these important areas of your life? And I have watched that. I have watched these areas of my life flow out and affect other areas and affect other areas. And so just, man, this is such a great book. And so, I, quick question. When yeah. you were, okay, the first time you read the book, mm-hmm. what was maybe one of the first big changes you made? Because sometimes you can read a book, hey, that was great, and continue, you know. But sure. what, what was some, maybe some transformational changes that you were like, oh. okay, I have to. Yeah, well, I can tell you the first big one was um, I was reading this book on a plane. Um, I had just got through speaking at a ladies' conference, and I got back on an airplane, and it was one of those moments, and I know this doesn't sound really spiritual, but it was one of those moments when you pray nobody sits in the seat next to you yes. because you don't talk to anybody, and I know that that doesn't sound really spiritual. We should beg for people to sit there and pray for opportunities to, to share the gospel with them, but that was not my heart attitude that day, and I was <laughs> like, God, please don't want somebody to sit in the seat, and, and they didn't. I was all by myself, and I was in my little row. I pulled out my book. I, and I put my headphones on and just had a white noise just hushing in the background. And I just was so tired, Allie. I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I got to this chapter in the book and, um, and it was, it wasn't titled. In fact, it's called, um, oh, I was going to see if I could, the gift we refuse. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's called the gift we refuse. And uh-huh. it's on, he talks about the principles of Sabbath rest. And he talks about how actual physical rest is a gift from God that we often refuse. And it, I won't, you know, again, I won't go into all the details, but he goes way back to God rested in the garden. So pre, pre-law, mm-hmm. God is teaching this principle of rest to Adam and Eve. Right. And then we obviously, we know it was in, it was tied up in the, in the day of Sabbath, in the day of holy rest and worship to God. And then, but even post Jesus's life, Jesus is, what's he doing? He's going, pulling away to pray and rest and he's getting away. And, and so I was riding on that plane and it was like, Jesus got in that seat. Yeah. I mean, it, I really, I've only had a few moments like this in my life, reading a book, feeling like the Holy Spirit was just sitting there saying, okay, I need to highlight some of these words in this chapter for you. And you need to listen right now. And I need your full attention. And it was just such a strong sense of his presence in that plane with me. And it was like, I just got a talking to from the Holy Spirit. And he was like, you are not doing well in any of these areas. And you're dishonoring me in this way. And I remember the conviction that I felt sitting on that plane and knowing that I had to get off that plane and I had to change things. Yes. Yeah. And um, that was my first really big, oh, my word. And um, I did. I changed. I can't even tell you. I won't even take the time to tell you how many things I changed. Mm-hmm. But I did a complete restructure of my life. Yeah. Okay. And I really did. I mean, I truly did. I did such a huge restructure. 
of the way I thought about things, the way I was responding to things, what I was doing. And man, did I ever find the relief and the freedom and the rest that God has promised us in his word uh, that I was never experiencing because I somehow felt like that Greek word must be translated into work harder. Um, you know, and so, you know, it was like, I, I wasn't feeling that sense. And that really has changed for, it really has changed for me. So that was one of the first things uh, that I really had super impact on. Good. That's, that's interesting. Um, it's so funny because as you're talking, I'm thinking of other books that have to do with something similar, you know, to what you're, to what you were saying. Um, so that's, that's interesting, except for you did not, uh, I actually told the whole book with strange, these strange ashes. I was like, oh, here's, here's the book and here's what happened. But you actually kept some cliffhangers. So that was really good. Good job. Right. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. Well, so keep a, keep so everybody's all. Yeah. So it's the Holy Wild by Mark the Buchanan. Holy, the Holy yes. Wild. And it is available on Kindle as well as uh, hardback. And I'm like you, I have a hardback copy of it because I read it every, almost every year. So I zing back through it and I just want a copy. I've underlined and made notes and underlined and made notes. And so it becomes more of a journal for me, but, um, but yeah, either way you can still get a copy of that. That's good. Good. Don't lend it out to anybody. Like no. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. I've bought people copies, but this one's not going that's anywhere. Yeah, it's only it's too personal. <laughs> that's the notes. good thing about Kindle version. I'm like, man, I wish you could read this book, but yeah. about that, you know, yeah. go buy it yourself. Exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. All right. Well, so you got another one? I do have another one. My, um, and this is, it's interesting because when we talked about uh, doing book, uh, doing a book club uh, talk today, um, I wanted to choose books that were kind of transformational at certain points in my life. There's books that we like to reference or like to go back to. Sure. And uh, with, we have college interns that come down every year and we always read a couple of books with them. And, and um, sometimes it's the same book because there's just classics, but then um, I have, I found this book right as the, right at the beginning of, um, my ministry to women and starting to go out on the streets and starting to meet women who are being excluded in the set in the sex trade. I found this book, um, and it really, it was, it's another one of those, if you don't finish the book, you're going to get really sad because it's very, it's a, it, there's, there's just hard okay. stuff in the book, but it's called, um, it's called the scent of water by Naomi Zacharias. And I think it's just really timely that we're talking about it right now. Ravi Zacharias for so many, just, just thousands and thousands of people was just such an impactful voice uh, for, for Christ and yes, um, for the cause of Christ. And I'm thankful. I used to listen to him every morning, um, not every morning, every Sunday morning, getting dressed for church. And, and he was on the radio yeah. somewhere. I don't even know. Um, but I remember certain stories and certain times that we would go back and just listen to, to some of his sermons or read, even read his book. But sure. I found his book, um, Naomi Zacharias, his daughter, wrote a book called The Scent of Water. And it was, it's again, it's at the beginning of her ministry mm -hmm. with Wellspring International. It's the beginning of, and she's mid-20s and she's talking uh, about the, she's starting to go into these just dark places in India and um, India and Nepal, and uh, she was in Amsterdam, just uh, speaking and, and, and okay. spending time with women that had been exploited in the sex trade. And we're talking about, you know, just difficult, difficult, uh, difficult lives. And she tells the story, kind of these stories of these women, but what she's not telling the stories in an exploitive way. She's really kind of telling the story about how she's, she's sitting down face to face with them, some of these women and and their struggles are similar 
or okay. the our the the lessons that God wants to teach her through this this rescued or restored woman's life um, is is similar. And so you're reading it, and you're like, oh man, that's just so dark. But at the same time, you can see the threads of um, of God uh, throughout these stories. And wow. and and she's a very lyrical writer. She is just be- very um, beautiful, very poetic. Uh, okay. the way she writes. And so um, that's not, you know, that's not the style for everybody, I feel like. Um, sure. But at the same time, I think sometimes we can just sit back and read a story and kind of, it has to wash over us. And so there were times mm-hmm. when I would go back and read it a chapter, um, a chapter and, 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 okay, I have to really kind of think about this because I was just getting into um, spending time with women out on the streets. And she talks about uh, Naomi talks about in one of her first chapters, just walking through the streets of Amsterdam and in Amsterdam in the red light district, there are places where it's just windows. It's almost like shopping, but they're in, um, they're in sections based on their nationality. And, okay. and so she's walking through, it's almost like the world's fair of, of, of sex. And it's, and it's, it's hard and she doesn't know. And there's, there's men in the street that even though they can look, at any woman in these windows, they're still leering and catcalling to her, to the women out on the street. And she doesn't understand, all right, so you're, you're here to buy. And even that is not enough for you. You still, mm-hmm. you have to exploit every, everybody in your path. And just these, and she takes you to these dark spaces. But one of the phrases that she talks about is how she doesn't want to ignore the women so she makes sure she has to, but she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to look at them and make them feel ashamed of themselves. But at the yes. same time, she doesn't want to ignore them and make them feel like they don't exist either. And so it was, mm. it was a struggle for her to walk and just stop and look them in the eye and, mm. and show, and show um, the love uh, that she has and the honor and the dignity that she's trying to show to them. Mm. So each chapter is a, is a story. There's some personal stories of her and maybe a little bit about um how she grew up but my favorite my favorite piece and i think it's just so fascinating um that we're talking about because I, when i read that chapter again i read the, la- the the last chapter um i read it last night because i just wanted to remind myself of um and she quotes a bible verse and this is where her uh the title uh the title of the of the book came from Okay. And I think it's so timely to the name of our podcast. I think it's really interesting. So sure. you're going to be kind of, you're going to be excited about this, Reba. I love um, it. It's Job 14, seven through nine. And it says, for there is hope for a tree, though its root grow old in the earth and its stump die in the soil. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and put out branches like a young plant. Oh, and, wow. and it isn't that just beautiful? And I it mean, is. it's Job 14, seven through nine. And that's where she got the, uh, and that's where she got the, the title. The title, sure. And so, uh, because when your leaves have, so she goes on to say, when your leaves have fallen and crumbles, no longer providing shade for others or yourself, there's no bloom on the branches. In other words, she's talking about, okay, how mm. you feel sometimes as women, we just feel, and I'm, again, I'm giving away the ending, but you've got to read this book. Okay. Um, and so uh, she talks about, sometimes it's just, you think it's a dead stump, but, um, and and so, but she says, unless, unless there is water, and then she says, not even that. The Bible says, unless there is a promise or just the scent, scent of water, water the mm. roots can bud and become young again. And, and so, it's, again, it's very similar to Elizabeth Elliot's book. You, I mean, you think that it's all gone. Right. But here but it hope. is again. But there's hope. But the, just the, even mm. the scent of water, the roots go, um, go toward that. And I just, um, 
and so I read the last chapter again and, and she gets very personal. She, sure. and, but there's some stories that are just very, a very dark, but at the same time, there's hope at the end of every chapter as she yeah. takes us through. So this is one of my favorite books, you know, that I've read. Oh, um, I love my that. Ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Even with Job, you know, a Job story is a tough yeah. one. You know, I mean, if we think about Job, I mean, and we really go through his story, it's a very difficult story to read. And yet there's, we find these threads of hope that run all the way through the first chapter of Job all the way through to the end. And I think those are the places where we can all say, my life might not have looked like Job's, but in my, in my difficulty, in my situation, I can learn from that. And I think this is the case for, you know, our, as women, there may be a woman listening right now, and maybe her life doesn't look like that woman in Amsterdam in that glass box. Mm-hmm. However, but she may feel like what's died for her is a marriage or what's, mm-hmm. what has died for her is you know, um, maybe a, a prodigal child or, uh, you know, or infertility yeah. or, you know, wh- whatever her crisis mm-hmm. may be. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. You know, there, there is, there is life still there to be had and it's not over yet. Uh, and I love, I love that. I had no idea. I was going to ask you like, Allie, can you tell us where this, the name of the book came from? Mm-hmm. Because it's such an interesting title for yeah, a book. It's from the Bible. What? Yeah. I had forgotten about that, but I remember oh, so again, glad you shared that. the breathlessness of reading. And I, I, again, I almost, I, I almost just kind of lost my breath reading those Bible, mm-hmm. those verses again from Job. Um, because you know, the name of our, the name of this podcast is rooted deep. Right. And, uh, and so that's the, the, the further we extend our roots, mm. um, the, the easier it is to find that even that hint or that scent of water. Sure. And, um, and so I was, I would, I just got excited about it all over again. And, uh, so that's my book, but it is called the scent of water mm. and grace for every kind of broken is the, um, is the subtitle, but it's Naomi Zacharias. Oh, that's awesome. And do you know, um, you may not have had a chance to check, but you can probably get that on. It is on Kindle. It yes. is on Kindle. Okay, cool. So you can download that or, or you can actually purchase. I the had book. a physical, I had a physical copy and I was looking for it. I'm like, I'm just going to get it on Kindle again. And apparently I also own it Let on the Kindle one. version <laughs> and it's in my library. So I was like, yay. Okay. And uh, I was so. going to say, did you lend out another book, Allie? <laughs> I, that's my downfall. I mean, okay. I have a ton of books behind me, but you know, yeah, you just oh, keep well. lending them out. Well, it's okay. It's good stuff um well the next book i wanted to share is one that i just read in the last month or two and um i love priscilla schreier um i believe she's such um the more i read uh of her books um the more i just understand that she's a woman who really walks with god Mm. uh you just can't write the things that she writes and not get it (laughs) you know what i mean Uh, you know you don't make this kind of stuff up but i just got through reading discerning the voice of god how to recognize when God is speaking. And it's really a book on, on prayer, um, which I'll be honest with you is always, I'm always challenging myself in this area, because I think if there's any area of my spiritual life that I, that many times I struggle with, it is prayer. Mm -hmm. And the reason I struggle with it, it's, it's not forming words and talking to God that that's not the part I struggle with. But the part I struggle with is the part that this whole book was about, and it was leaving margin to hear the voice of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm not very good at leaving margin to hear the voice of God. I'm very good at running into God with my laundry list right. uh, or my uh, my please help today, Lord <laughs> list, uh, you know, or God, would you please? And then I'm very quick to be like, oh, man, 
I got to go jump up and off I go, um, or, you know, whatever. But I, I, I fail so miserably at, at taking the time just to be quiet before the Lord. And it's something I'm working on. It's something that I continually strive towards, but it's something I know I just have to put a lot of, uh, concentrated effort in, or I will not do it. Um, I just won't. And so this book, um, I'll tell you one of, one of the few books I could ever say this about the the price of this book is worth the last chapter. Wow. Last chapter, honestly, if that was all she wrote, it would be worth the price of the book. Mm. It's that good. But, uh, but the whole book is really good, but the whole, the emphasis of the whole book is just creating time and space and opportunity to hear God. And she talks, she goes through each chapter and takes the time to say, how do we do that? And I love when people answer the, how do we do this question? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's so easy for even me as a speaker to say, this is what you should do. Please go do this. And then everybody in the audience is going, how, how do we Step do that? One. Can, yeah. Step can one. you give us some help here? How do we do that? It's and like so- those recipes that you look up a recipe and they tell all the story about, I was born in, you know, whatever, Bloomington, Indiana. And I, yeah. da, 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 da. and you're like, I just want the recipe. Help right? me get there. I don't yeah. care. Where yeah. you up. Right. Right. We don't, we don't care the backstory about your grandma. <laughs> all we want is the recipe. Step one, please. Uh, please. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was one of those things where, she really talks about um, how to, to, to insert these places in the regular rhythm of our life. And I need this because yeah. none of us have probably two hours during our day just to sit silently in a chair before the Lord and say, speak, Lord, your servant here. We just, you know, maybe we long for that, but that's just not what our lives look like. And so it was like, okay, how do I make time to do this? In the, in the the normal busyness of my life, some days busier than others, some days quieter than others, but how do I do this so that it becomes a part of the regular rhythm of my life? And I'm, you're talking about, um, man, um, she says this quote, and I think this is just so great, and I think this sums me up in a sense. If we're always impatient, we leave little space for God's direction to resonate in our already crowded schedules. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Chapter one. Um, you know, um, I'm in trouble because I am an impatient person and I know that I just, okay, Lord, come on, let's do it right now. And it's like, okay, we, we can't be impatient or we don't leave space for God to speak into the already crowdedness of our lives. Mm -hmm. And so she really talks about creating margin and creating space, creating time, creating opportunity. She talks, every chapter is, um, um, how to do it and how it becomes really super practical and um so many scripture verses and so many things but this is the thing Allie that just arrested my heart through with this book and it was um the way she ended the book and it was a theme that kind of was almost subtle underneath it was like down underneath the thing it wasn't loud it wasn't turned up throughout the whole book but but by the time she got to the last chapter it was like she reached over and turned the volume up on this theme and it was the thing that just oh my word um and that was the fact that do we really expect god to answer yeah do we expect him to 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 really answer us do we go into it with expectation 
Um, and she writes this great verse at the very beginning of the last, last chapter from Psalm 27, 14. Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of a good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yet wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. And I was just so, I was like, oh my word. Um, do I pray with anticipation and do I pray with great expectation? Expectation, yeah. Do I? And mm -hmm. I really felt like, you know, I have to be honest, there's, there's sometimes I pray and it's like, okay, Lord, I know you heard me, but I don't really know that I pray with great expectation. Right. Um, and I can remember being a kid, uh, this is going to date me just a little bit, but that's okay. I remember being a kid growing up and at Christmas time, it would come in the mail and it would be this really thick, heavy Sears and Roebuck catalog. I love that catalog. Okay, yes. And the JC Penney's had one the too. JC Penney catalog. Yes, really big, thick, thick, heavy catalog. And it was filled with a huge toy section. And I can remember as a kid flipping through that thing page by page and dog earing or circling with a pen the stuff I wanted for Christmas. And and it was with I did it with great expectation. And anticipation. I mean, it was exciting to go through the JCPenney Sears Robot catalog because I knew that if I dog-eared this and I circled this, right. I knew that my mom and dad were going to get some of the stuff that I circled and they were going to get some of the stuff that I dog-eared. Right. And so I would, that's why as kids, we woke up at the crack of dawn on Christmas morning was because we- You were we expecting. Up, we so, were. Yeah. We had asked- our parents <laughs> with great expectation and anticipation mm -hmm. and when we got up on Christmas morning we woke up with that same excitement because we knew we knew not everything was going to be there but we knew there was going to be a lot of those circles that were going to be pa packaged under that tree right yeah and as I was reading this I was reminded of that as a child and I thought do I pray like that mm -hmm. here I mean this is not Santa Claus or my mom and dad this is the great God of heaven Okay, who, who there's nothing he cannot do, and he delights in me, and he delights in, in blessing me, and he delights in doing good things for his children, just like a good father would. Okay, but, but do I pray like I went through that Sears and Roebuck catalog? Mm -hmm. Do I pray with great expectation and anticipation, knowing that God um, can do things for me and wants to do things for me? Um, and, you know, there are times when, and even this happened as a child, when I might circle something that was a lesser thing, um, and I was excited about that lesser thing, and I would get up on Christmas morning, and my parents had bought me a better thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was so shocked, and I was so excited. I couldn't believe my parents had gone over the top and gotten this better thing. And God, so God, he, yeah. you know, he asked for things, and God says, I got to have a better thing for you. And, but many times when I'm in those moments of prayer and I'm waiting um, and I'm, I'm maybe impatiently waiting. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, it's one of those things where instead of being anticipating and expecting God to do great things, I end up being like, well, you know, I, 
you know, I doubt it's going to happen. Or right, or you shrug and say, well, I, you know, I mentioned it. We'll see what happens. We'll see, yeah, yeah. And it's probably not going to work out the way I wanted right, to. Yeah. And instead of expecting God to do better, mm-hmm. I, to do the better yes, sometimes in my heart. Now, I won't say this out loud because right. that would be terrible. That would be so unspiritual. But in my heart, it's like I'm not anticipating God to do the better. Yeah, yeah. And it so convicted me and I, and it really showed me an attitude in my own heart. No wonder I don't sit and no wonder I don't weave this into the pattern of my life because maybe I'm not expecting anything. I'm not, I'm not anticipating anything. And so therefore, why would I wait? Why would I, you know, why would I, um, and boy, was I ever convicted. And so it was one of those things where I would just, I, any, I would challenge any believer who really wants to grow in their in the area of prayer. Um, I would encourage them. This is not one of those you should. This is how, here's how, and this is so intimate and so personal and it's so real about prayer and it's just so. I, I mean, obviously she's a strong writer, but this is so not just about academics. It, it, this is so much about let's pray. Right. Yeah. Let's pray. Let's just mm-hmm. pray, and um. And I love that. And, um, I, you know, I think this was written by a woman who understands what it means to pray. And um, so I think you'll enjoy this book. It's called Discerning the Voice of God, How to Recognize When God is Speaking. And she does do so. Allie, she answers. And I, I just remembered this, but I do want to say this. She answers some of those hard questions like, I've asked God for which way I should go. How do I know what he's saying? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so practical. Yes. And, and like, okay, I've been praying about this, but I don't know what to do. And I'm not, I don't know that God showed me a chapter and a verse here. So what do I do? And I think these are areas where, you know, we all need to kind of say, okay, what, what does that look like? How do I discern God's voice in those places? And I mean, such good stuff, such good stuff. So I would encourage anyone uh, to read this book. Um, and especially those that are young or getting started off the college track, getting off newly married. I mean, anybody yeah. that's kind of at the beginning, yeah. I would say this should be required reading for all people in their 20s. Because you if go. you could get this in your 20s, your life would be changed by the time you hit me, you know, at 53. Your life would be a completely different life if you could get this at a younger age. So, so yeah, I'm excited about uh, recommending this book to anybody. And you can get it everywhere. So go out yeah. and grab Priscilla's book on prayer. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds, I mean, I think that it's interesting how your, your two books you had today had a lot to do with just patience and rest <laughs> and waiting. And, and I think that's just, I, it's fascinating because when you sit and talk to somebody about, you know, your favorite books and you want them to just love this book as much as you do, or you want sure. it to make, you know, make the, have the same impact. Um, or just, and you want to be able to talk about it. And so I think this is, I think this has been really good. And I hope you guys go out and get some of these books and I'm sure, um, Reba's going to give you some information on where to get these, uh, you know, these titles, but, um, sure. well, so the I'll books tell- that, yeah, go ahead. I was, this one, I was just getting ready to say, let's repeat the titles of the books one more time. Yeah. Right? The books that, the books that I recommended, um, for, uh, for just reading and, and, you know, just understanding, you know, my, the, the ministry heart, uh, was uh, Elizabeth Elliott's book called um these strange ashes my mind went blank for some reason elizabeth elliott's these strange ashes and then the other book naomi zachariah's uh scent of water yep and mine is mark buchanan's the holy wild and priscilla schreier's discerning the voice of god so um we'll uh try to uh list those for you but honestly uh go grab those and we just encourage you as we close out today 
Um, be a reader. Uh, I know some people love to read. Some people, maybe that's not your thing. Uh, but honestly, that's such a great way for you to grow. And uh, obviously, we're, I'm going to always recommend read the Word of God before you read anybody else's book. If you're not reading his, then, uh, you know, maybe you should put that in first. Um, you know what I'm, I mean? That's important deal. I talk to people who, and they're, all their spiritual growth comes from somebody else giving it to them and they never get it for themselves. So even in a book thing and uh, that we recommend, and we do read a lot of books a year, but we want to encourage you, make sure you're in the word to growing and getting that personal feeding. But man, it's super, super helpful when you can walk, take a journey with somebody else who maybe you have some things in common with. Maybe you can grow through some of the words that they share. Maybe they inspire you. They motivate you. They throw a, a gauntlet down for you in ways um, and I think these are just some really challenging books and some great things for us today. So thanks for joining us on the podcast today. And uh, we will uh, please join us again. And we'll be back talking about some more exciting things and hopefully helping us all to get those roots going deep so that we're strong uh, women, so that we're strong and courageous in our walk uh, with the Lord. So have a great day and we'll catch up with you next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.